Hey, Lighthouse Niagara family, this is Pastor Joel Sloss. I hope that the message you received today blesses you so, so much. It was uh, a word to shine in the darkness in Jesus' name, boldly moving forward by His Spirit. That last part of boldly moving forward by His Spirit has helped me personally in some of the decisions and some of the things uh, that we have done uh, even as a church. I would not have uh, even considered some of these things, but there was always the, that, uh, the word indicating, yeah, it's okay that we move forward boldly. We can move forward boldly by His Spirit. And um, on Friday night, this last Friday night, uh, just before uh, we had the gathering on the weekend, I went to, went to bed and, and um, I woke up very early and uh, I thought when I woke up, oh, okay, it's like, five o'clock in the morning and and so uh, I'll be getting up soon I still have a little bit of time left when I looked at at uh, the time it was only just shortly after one o'clock in the morning I thought well hey that's wonderful I have lots of time left uh, before I need to get up not realizing that I'd be up all night I didn't sleep anymore that night and uh, the Lord uh, helped me uh, to, to finish the message that I was going to share on Sunday or, or on Saturday. I never got to it on Saturday. And uh, because the Lord knew the timing uh, that, yeah, it was supposed to be on Sunday, the message was given. And I shared that message on Sunday morning. However, during the night, the one word that came to me on Friday night while I was up was the word set, set. And you know, the, uh, that word is used to begin a race. And the, the, the term or the phrasings uh, to begin the race, especially for sprints, is runners to your mark, set, and then the gun. And when the, you, the runners hear the gun, they, they take off. I thought, Lord, what, what is that? I was pondering this thing of this word set, because it just it wouldn't leave me. It doesn't sound like a, a common spiritual word that we would have uh, set. So I just tucked it away, and um, on Sunday after the service, and, and for those of you that were there, to me, the highlight, especially of the, the weekend, as beautiful as Saturday was, and uh, so many different people came from uh, different churches, so many of you were there on, on Saturday, there was a, a coming together and 
in one accord. The highlight was on Sunday for me when there was uh, a reminder of a word that had been given two years to the day, two years earlier to the day, and the call was to come forward to the altar that there would be exalting of Jesus Christ. And even as that word was being given and, and as the, the command was to come, there wasn't a hesitation. I, I, I just took a few seconds of, of that shot of everybody coming forward and that there, there was an exalting of Jesus Christ. Because as Jesus is lifted up, there will be a drawing of all men to him. The Lord is doing a work. He has begun a work, not just in the last few days or weeks. He has not just, we're talking, as I look back, I'm, I'm recognizing that the Lord has been working all along for the last half century, at least when it comes to my life, when it, when it comes to my parents, and what the Lord called them to do. I see now three generations that have been faithful to do the work of the Lord. And it was a beautiful thing as there was this gathering on that Sunday morning at the end of the service just to exalt the Lord. And as I began the service on Sunday, saying this is just not another Sunday morning, but the Lord is doing something. At the end of the service, there was a, a call to, for men to gather together on Monday night. And um, on Monday night, uh, there's almost 30 guys from uh, different churches that came together. A number of you were there on Friday night or on Monday night. And... Um, before we began, an individual came to me, and he says, and I don't, I don't know the man. I met him on, uh, on Sunday after the service. I saw him on Saturday, didn't quite know who, who he was, sort of saw him. He was around the prayer, prayer tent, and on uh, Sunday, he had come in for the last maybe 10 minutes of the service, spoke to him briefly uh, after the service. But on Monday, he, he came, and he said to me, he says, uh, Dave, uh, I have a, a word that the Lord has put on my heart. And it, I just, uh, just want to share it with you. And the word that the Lord has given me is launch. Which, once again, launch, like, I don't think there's, even if you uh, do a search in, in, in the King James Version or uh, New King James Version or whatever, you won't find the word. I don't think there's a word launch. In the, is there one? Okay, so is that using King James or New King James Version? What is, what is the verse there? And what does it say? 
Okay. So, <laughs> here's this pass passage where the Lord is saying, launch out into the deep. So that's the only time you find that, that word in the, in the whole Bible. And even as, as we read that scripture, I recognize this is exactly what the Lord is saying, is that we need to launch out. We need to, as we get set, runners to your mark, set. And for those of you that have watched, uh, whether it was the Olympics or whatever, or any race, especially the sprints, the runners are relaxed when it comes to being on your mark. They just take a few steps forward after doing some warm-ups. They'll take a few steps forward to come to the line, and you'll see them positioning into the, the blocks and their hands. The, the, the starter is watching them make sure that their hand is behind the line. It cannot even be on the line. It has to be behind the line. And so they're on their mark. And both hands are, are down. And when the runners hear the word set, they know the race is ready to start. They, they, their back end goes up because they know that the very next sound that they're going to hear is the gun to launch forward. And that is this, the word that, that came as soon as he said launch. The, I was reminded of the word that the, the Lord gave me on Friday night to set, to get set. And this morning, it, as we were, had gathered together, even before I, I came to church, I was, I was thinking about the weekend, I was thinking about these words, and I, Lord, what do we have to do to launch forward yet? To get set, to get, to get ready to, to, we're in that position to move forward. What do we still, what do we have to do? And uh, today, and in a few moments, I'm just going to share what, what we're, we're going to do in the coming uh, weeks. I want you, I want you to, to get on board, and especially those that are watching online, that you would get on board, to get on board, to move forward in these days. Today, there's so many distractions with, our, with the, the, the health situation, the political situations. Jesus was not phased by what was going on around him to have the work that he was supposed to do stop. He was not phased by the, the brutality and the, the heaviness of the Roman Empire in Israel, in Jerusalem. He was not phased by the religious opposition that he faced very early on in ministry, and it just got worse and worse and worse as he got closer to the cross. He was not phased by it. He was not phased, even as he knew what was coming with the cross. He put down his own agenda. He put down his own feelings and, and emotions. He put it all down. He says, not your will. Lord, if, Father, if this cup could pass from me. Nevertheless, not your will or my will, but your will be done. 
Father, your will be done. It will be done. The part that Jesus, the huge part that Jesus played, the most important thing that could have happened in all of time happened as Jesus went to the cross. He was not phased. And even as he would come against the, the things of spiritual matters, the thing that would hold us from having eternal life, even just one sin, when all sin was put upon him, even as the father looked at his son and he turns, turns away, as the sin was placed on him and the entire the darkness fell over the land. I truly believe it was when this, our sin, your sin and my sin was placed on Jesus Christ, it was at that moment that it became dark over the land for three hours as he bore our sins while he was still living as the blood flowed from him. He was not phased by this. And even as the father would turn, he says, my God, my God, why have you forsaken me? And there was this moment in time where the father turned away from, his, from looking at his son as his son was taking your sin and my sin and the sin of all mankind upon himself. And he went to a place of death. And he went to Hades, and he overcame all the things of death and of hell. He overcame, and he took the keys of death and hell. And on the third day, he arose, and he said to his disciples, before he left this planet, all authority has been given to me in heaven and on earth. We read of that in Matthew chapter 28. All authority has been given to me in heaven and on earth. And I want you to know at this time, all authority has, is the Lord's. There is nothing that Jesus is not sovereign over. And you say, but how can it be that all these things are happening at this time? The Lord is saying, all authority has been given to me in heaven and on earth. And at this point, the work that the Lord would have for us to do and the work that the Lord would have for the church to do is because He is the King of kings and Lord of lords and He has taken care of every situation and He's saying there is a work yet to be done that you would not be distracted. As, as He was not distracted from the, the ministry that He had to do that would give us life, that we would not be distracted from the work that He would have us do in these last days. In Revelations chapter 1, verse 4, as John speaks to the seven churches, as the Lord would give him the word inspired by the Holy Spirit, even as John writes, he says, Grace to you and peace from him who is and who was and who is to come, and from the seven spirits who are before his throne, and from Jesus Christ, the faithful witness, the firstborn from the dead, and the ruler over the kings of the earth. To him who loved us and washed us from our sins and in his own blood has made us kings and priests to his God 
and Father. To him be glory and dominion forever and ever. Amen. That he would receive all the glory, all the dominion, and he has made us kings and priests. And the work that he would have us do in these last days is a powerful work. The work of, with the authority that he would give us as the King of kings and Lord of lords. And he says to us as kings, I am giving you authority to do a work in these, these days. In this past week, I'll tell you, there was a battle raging. And without getting into details, maybe one day the details will, will come and be given. This past week, there was, there was a turmoil. There was a battle that I, I was involved with. And it wasn't so much me as it was the enemy coming against people to destroy lives. To destroy lives. And there was a... There was instruction. The Lord would gave me instruction even to what to say and, and, and the word, whether it was directly, whether it was over the phone, whether it was by text, to stand on the word of God at this time, even in dealing with the situation. And I thank God as we pray and the authority that we have, that we are not just kings and to take authority, but we are also priests to be able to minister and that ministry would be to those that we are in contact with. What the Lord wants to do through us in these last days is powerful and amazing. And I don't want the enemy to ever lie to you or intimidate you to th that you would think, well, you know what? What can God do through me? I'm only so-and-so. I'm nothing. And God is saying, no, 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 you are a king and you are a priest. You are there to, uh, to minister in authority at this time. That we would minister in the authority that God has given to us by His Son in Jesus' name. Because of His finished work. Because of His blood shed for us. I want you to know that we have authority. And I, I, even as there was prayer that went up. And I, there was about, literally, it was going on for an entire week. An entire week. As the enemy attempted to steal and to kill and to destroy. And yesterday, I, I just want to say, for goodness sake, don't you be distracted from the authority and the power of Jesus Christ and the authority and power that you have in the face of impossible situations that would seem impossible. Do not be distracted. Because the enemy is there to intimidate and oftentimes as we look at the situation, we are looking at it from human eyes and we are discouraged. And we would recognize that the God that we serve is able to overcome. doesn't matter what it is, he's able to overcome. And the things that he can do through you is mighty and powerful for His glory and for the sake of the people that are around you. In Jesus' name, you would take and, and, and come against the enemy to bind the enemy, to rebuke the enemy because that's what the Lord would have us do in these last days. That we could overcome the enemy. I want to say all of that to say this. Last night, 
And even as prayer went up, there was prayer as my, my wife and I and Pastor Nathan yesterday, this one situation as we prayed with the individual, and even as we were going to the next person that was involved in the situation, there was a prayer that said, hey, that there would be a, a binding and a removing of, of the enemy in Jesus' name. The things that should not be would, would be removed. The amazing thing was, that night, I get this text. A miracle being done. That the things that were, would seem so impossible that have been raging for the last week, there was a complete turnaround. That we would not be distracted in the ministry and the work that, that the Lord would have us do at this point. Oftentimes we want to look at things from a human point of view. And Jesus said, as he left this planet, he says, you, I want you not to depart from Jerusalem, but to wait for the promise of the Father, which he said, you have heard from me. For John truly baptized with water, but you shall be baptized with the Holy Spirit not many days from now. And immediately, even as the disciples were, were hearing this, they began to ask him, saying, well, hey, they were excited. Are you going to restore the kingdom to Israel? And he said to them, it is not for you to know times or seasons which the Lord has put in his own authority. I tell you, we look too small. They were looking for solutions politically, a political solution to a spiritual problem because the problem is way bigger than, the, than politics to solve problems because politics can't solve the problem of sin in people's lives. The, 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 the politics and the governments and, and, and all those that are in control politically cannot solve the problem of where a person is going to spend eternity. And in these last days, the Lord would, by His Spirit, do a work. And with the, the problem, the Lord gave the solution. You shall receive power when the Holy Spirit has come upon you, and you shall be witnesses to me in Jerusalem and in all Judea and Samaria and to the end of the earth. As the Holy Spirit has come upon us this past weekend and, and leading up to it for literally decades and decades of, Lord, let there be a revival. It's not the first time that we have prayed for there to be revival. It's not the first time that we've come to the Lord and said, Lord, we need your spirit. But I'm saying to you in these last days, we need the spirit of God upon us like never before. And tonight... In getting set to move forward, the same thing that the Lord told his disciples 2,000 years ago, we need the Holy Spirit moving forward. And so one of the things that I've determined to do that we would do, I shared with Pastor Joel and Pastor Nathan this morning, is that we would take time. 
whether it's a Wednesday night or whether it's a Sunday at the end of the service or at some point in the service, that we would take time to come to the altar and to beseech God that the Spirit of God would be upon us as we would launch forward. This individual, that, as he came, like once again, I, I didn't know this man. Didn't know this man from before this weekend. This, this individual said, the Lord is saying, and he said, Dave, whatever you do, don't you try to control or whatever what God is going to do. That the Holy Spirit would be able to do the work that needs to be done and that, that there's not a, the thing of your hands or whatever on it. And I'm just saying, absolutely. I don't want for there to be anything of me. There'd be nothing of us to say, well, this is how it's going to be and this is how it should be. I know we have our ideas of how things should be, but that we would allow the Spirit of God to move in these last days like never before. We would allow the Spirit of God because the Spirit of God knows exactly what we need to do. The Spirit knows exactly where we should be, what we should be, who we should be in touch with, who we should be interacting with, that we would say, yes, Holy Spirit, come. And even as the Lord Jesus said to his disciples, those that would follow him 2,000 years ago, he says that you need the power of the Holy Spirit. You shall receive power when the Holy Spirit has come upon you. That we would say, Lord Jesus, let your Spirit come upon us. We need the Spirit of God like never before. I've shared this with you before. In the early 1900s, there was an outpouring of the Holy Spirit. And here in Canada, this is history, two women from two different cities, Toronto and Winnipeg, went to Azusa Street. They were filled with the Holy Spirit. They went back, and there was a work that began through two women as they were empowered by the Holy Spirit. Two people within... Within 20 years, there was church after church after church established as people got saved. There were churches that began to, to rise up because people were getting saved. And they were moving in the power of the Holy Spirit. And the emphasis was the Holy Spirit. There was a man, a pastor by the name of George Chamberlain from Toronto, a Brethren in Christ pastor, who said, Lord, we want, we want your Holy Spirit, but we do not want anything to do with speaking in tongues. We want your spirit, but not in tongues. And he says, and I watched, this man says, I watched as God moved all around us and nothing happened in our church. Nothing happened in our church. I say, how do you know this? In the early 1920s, the Brethren in Christ got together. At that point, there was, I think, 50 to 55,000 Brethren in Christ in the 1920s. And they got together for their general assembly. And the issue that was on the agenda was, what do we do with speaking in tongues? 
a number of the pastors had received the baptism in the Holy Spirit with the evidence of speaking in tongues. And the decision was made that day that they would not allow speaking in tongues in their churches. About 10 or so years ago, I looked up to see what the population of the Brethren in Christ, the impact that they have had in this world. And from the 1920s to 19 or 2010 or so, the population had gone from about 50,000 to about 80 or 90,000 people. You say, well, that's pretty good. In the meantime, from two women, from two women, as they were moving by the Holy Spirit, there, were, there are around 1,100 churches just from one denomination in Canada. The very first superintendent for the, for the Pentecostal Assemblies of Canada, they never intended to be a denomination. They just recognized, hey, we're allowing the Holy Spirit to move, and there's so many that are like-minded, and why don't we assemble together? Why don't we have churches coming together? The very first superintendent was George Chamberlain. That Brethren in Christ pastors says, oh, we're not, we don't want this thing of speaking in tongues. The initial evidence of the Holy Spirit upon us. We need the Holy Spirit like never before. Today, if you've been filled with the Holy Spirit, Lord, fill me, fill me, refill me. Lord, let it be that there would be nothing to stop the flow of your Spirit through me at this time. And so, we will take time on every service. And in fact, in, less, in, in just over 10 minutes, the youth are going to be coming over to join us at the altar. You say, hey, I've been baptized with the Holy Spirit. Or say, I haven't been baptized in the Holy Spirit. And we will begin to say, I'm not talking about speaking in tongues at this point in time. But I am speaking, uh, talking about let the power of the Holy Spirit come upon us. You will receive power when the Holy Spirit comes upon you. We need the power of the Holy Spirit. We need the Holy Spirit to come upon us. And we need the power of the Holy Spirit moving forward. Boldly moving forward by His Spirit in Jesus' name. What happened? Brethren in Christ are at around 80 or 90,000. Just our denomination went from 12 people in 1886. I just heard our general overseer say there's about 8 million that are part of the, of the church of God. Just our denomination. Every single Pentecostal groupings of people has, has gone from one or two people to literally tens of millions or millions and tens of millions in just a few, not even, not even 200 years, just over 100 years because they've allowed the power of the Holy Spirit to move. And in the last days, we will have an outpouring of the Holy Spirit again for the sake of the lost. And with the time that we have left, it is for the sake of the lost. And even as Paul went out, he says, I came to you not in the excellence of speech or of wisdom, declaring to you the testimony of God. It wasn't in excellence of speech. 
For I was determined you would know nothing else except Jesus Christ and Him crucified. I was with you in weakness and fear and in much trembling, and my speech and my preaching were not with the persuasive words of human wisdom, but in a demonstration of the Spirit and of power. That is not just for Paul. It is for each and every one of us that we would operate in, the, in a demonstration of the Holy Spirit and of power. That, our, that the faith of the other people that are on the receiving end would not be in the wisdom of men, but in the power of God, recognizing the power of God in the Holy Spirit. The Lord desires for us that the gospel would go out to preach Christ crucified to the Jews, a stumbling block, and to the Greeks, foolish, foolishness, but even to those who are called, whether they are Jews or Greeks, Christ, the power of God and the wisdom of God. And even as we preach the gospel of Jesus Christ, that there will be a move of God in these last days like never before. Tonight is not just another Wednesday night. And if you take it as just another Wednesday night, It'll just be another thing, well, oh well. Good pas message, pastor. And you'll leave this place the same as you came in. That you would come, that there would be a, an empowering of you, there would be a work done through you at this point and in our church. And if it's already happening in you, Lord, let there be rivers of living water flowing through me. Lord, if it's not happening in, in my family, Lord, let there be rivers of living water flowing through me to impact my family and my friends and my neighbors and my relatives. Listen, you have people that don't know Jesus. They need Jesus. And even as you would share and show the gospel of Jesus Christ to them in you who you are, and what you would say, and as the rivers of living water flow from you, there will be a coming to the Lord mightily in these last days. That is what the power of the Holy Spirit is for. We need the Spirit like never before. And the Lord is saying, go therefore and make disciples. This fact of launching and moving forward, it is to be set to move forward, to go out and make disciples in all nations, baptizing them in the name of the Father, Son, and the Holy Spirit, teaching them to observe all things that I have commanded you. Listen, I want to say to you, Don, you get ready. I hope you're ready to start another New Believers class very soon. We have, whether it's the youth Four young people that got saved just two weeks ago. I got the, I shared of the call that I just received. This individual saying, hey, I've got four people, if not more, that, that need the New Believers course. So you're running the New Believers course. So I say, brother, get ready to set. Get set to move forward that there would be just one, that we would have one group after another, as we would teach them all things that God has commanded us, that we would teach them. And there's others here that have taught, and there would be new teachers that will teach and make disciples, followers of Jesus, because it doesn't matter whether there's a vaccine passport or whatever it may be, the Lord wants to do a mighty work in these last days. 
There's nothing that can stop His will from being done. And His heart and His desire is that all should be saved, that none should perish, that they should come to repentance. Hallelujah. Jesus operated in the power of the Holy Spirit. And with that, the, the Spirit, as He was baptized and the Holy Spirit came upon Him, just as it should come upon each and every one of us. The Spirit drove him into the wilderness, and he took on Satan immediately. And even as you and I might be filled with the Holy Spirit or are unctioned by the Holy Spirit, the enemy is going to come against us, and the Holy Spirit says, that's nothing. Satan is nothing. We have overcome Satan by the blood of the Lamb, the word of our testimony. And even as he began his ministry, he began preaching the gospel of the kingdom of God, saying the time is fulfilled and the kingdom of God is at hand. Repent and believe in the gospel that we would not be ashamed of the gospel of Jesus Christ. The Spirit of the Lord is upon me because He has anointed me to preach the gospel to the poor. He has sent me to heal the brokenhearted, to proclaim liberty to the captives and recovery of sight to the blind, to set at liberty those who are oppressed, to proclaim the acceptable year of the Lord. I'll tell you, now is the acceptable time of the Lord. And the work that Jesus did 2,000 years ago in the power of the Holy Spirit, it is the same Spirit that would be upon us and that we would do the work that the Lord did 2,000 years ago, and even greater works. That people will be saved, the brokenhearted healed, captives set free, recovery of sight to those that are blind, and liberty to those who are oppressed. In the power of the Holy Spirit, in Jesus' name. Now then, shall they, how then shall they call on him whom they have not believed? Questions. Questions regarding salvation. How can a person call on Jesus in whom they have not believed? And how shall they believe in him whom they have not heard? And how shall they hear without a preacher? And how shall... They preach unless they are sent. As it is written, how beautiful are the feet of those who preach the gospel of peace, who bring glad tidings of good things. Hey, Lighthouse family. Thanks so much for tuning in to another one of our podcast sermons. I'm Pastor Joel Sloss. For more podcasts, media, and live stream services at lighthouseniagara.com, Sundays at 10 o'clock. God bless.